Okay, there we go. <laughs> hey everyone. So here we are today on Come Out of Your Shell with Christy Katzman. She's a really fascinating young lady. And I want her to introduce herself and then we're just going to talk and have a good time today. Well, it's very humbling to be introduced as a fascinating young lady. I, I appreciate <laughs> the young, Melissa. <laughs> I'm not feeling so young these days, but I think that's a good segue into my introduction because so all of you listening who who don't know me, I am now 44 and Melissa and I were ch chatting a bit before we hit record. That's the, the danger of us podcasters because we tend to be talkers, <laughs> but we were just basically saying how, you know, there's a lot of things in our life that didn't go according to plan. And that was me, you know, I am the girl. And I say this in the introduction to my own podcast, she's unscripted this season that basically had the plan from kindergarten on. Right. And people cringe when they hear me say that, but I really did. I thought I'm going to be very intentional about my life. It's going to go according to my plans. I know we're all laughing about that now and everything's going to be great. And then what happened to me is I got married later in life, like in my late thirties, because I didn't want to get it wrong. And my marriage crashed and burned in unimaginable ways. Like I could have never predicted six months after I got married. And mm -hmm. at that point I was on the brink of turning 40. Um, and that's the point in my life where I really thought I would be on cruise control. So that's a general introduction, but I think some other things that fit in there and then Melissa, you can take it where you want, but I, I, so you all know, I really grew up in like a Midwestern family. I was a straight A student, you know, but I was also like captain of the cheerleading team. Like I had these dichotomies to me, um, but I always worked really hard. I went to the university of Notre Dame, graduated with honors. I then went on to go study acupuncture and Chinese medicine 20 plus years ago. when that wasn't a thing. I graduated oh, wow. second in my class. So, you know, I, <laughs> oh, I, the grad school is like four years. I remember my first two years, all of my friends from Notre Dame were becoming lawyers. They were going to law school or they becoming consultants. And they just thought I was so strange that I was pursuing alternative medicine. And like two years into that, Gwyneth Paltrow got photographed with cupping marks on her back. And suddenly I was the cool friend to be invited to parties. So <laughs> it was the same me, but I mentioned that because there's that duality again of that part of me that's very traditional and wants to follow um, the straight path. Right. Mm -hmm. And then those those parts of my personality that has gone against the grain. And that's just things that were, were interesting to me. Some other forks in the road. Um, I was on one of the early seasons of the bachelor. And more recently I was the star of my own show labor of love, which is more akin to who I am now and what I'm trying to put out in the world. So y'all I'm trying to help you realize that if your life has gone asunder and you find yourself in your forties, <laughs> you're actually sitting pretty because I promise you, whatever you build from here on out is going to be so authentically you. And my goal with everything I do, including saying yes, to be in labor of love. It's a very interesting thing to say yes to doing a reality TV show when you've lived a lot because yeah. we all have things maybe that are scary that could come out publicly or that we are uncomfortable talking about. But I said yes for every woman out there like me who doesn't feel like they can share their story or their stories or who doesn't feel represented in the media, which 
I think that's all of us. And that's kind of the path that I'm on right now is giving women in their forties and up a voice, helping women understand that no matter what has happened, truly the best of your life is still ahead of you. And then the big thing I will say to sort of wrap up this long introduction to put a, put a bow (laughs) on it is really, I encourage women to think outside the box. And this is coming from someone who was very planned until her Mm -hmm. life literally went up in flames and I kind of had no choice. I, I had to start to learn how to think about life differently because how I had thought about it my whole life no longer made sense. And I didn't know what to do with that. But, you know, even doing things like reality TV, I'm a very atypical person to do reality TV. And yet I have found myself on two shows. You know, I was open to those opportunities when I was approached. And what I've really come to realize now is in a lot of ways, I've gotten the things that I have asked for in life. However, it has taken me hindsight to realize that I did because they came in a very different package. And so that's sort of the perspective I'm moving forward with in my life so that I can really be living life in real time, right? I can really see these things coming um, and be open to opportunities coming to me versus me always trying to, you know, tow my own rope all the time, (laughs) like so many of us do, right? Right. (laughs) Like to control them, like thinking that, I'm a perfectionist. And so, you know, you're like X plus Y equals Z. You know, you've got these equations in your head. And I thought I'd be married forever too, you know? And, you know, you just kind of get to the point sometimes where the whole bottom falls out and you have to change and you have to be flexible and not so rigid in, or you're just going to crumble. You seriously will crumble. I have a friend that was talking to me. She's a vision board person, like huge vision board. She was even on Jack Canfield and everything. And she was telling me, she was like, Melissa, she said, sometimes we can't accept the the gift because it doesn't come in the package that we think it's going to come in. Mm -hmm. And I think you could probably talk about that because you have a fascinating, beautiful life, you know, but it didn't come the way you expected it to come. And so oh, heck no. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, as I've said, I'm 44 now and I think I've only started to come to terms and maybe even celebrate that in the last few years. And, you know, something you said, Melissa, I want to, I want to touch on because I think a lot of people listening will resonate with this. It's a female trait. I feel like to be incredibly resilient and persevering, especially those of us, good girls slash perfectionists. And so what happens then is I think we have to really, really get knocked down before we say, Hey, wait a minute, this isn't working out because we can push through so much. Like we can handle so much. And so that's like the unfortunate irony is that it takes us really getting walloped good just to notice, like, maybe this isn't working for me. Right. I have this friend and he's a guy and he's like, you are so stubborn. You think that the rules apply to everybody else, but you like, but I'm Melissa. And so I can, I can barrel through this and no, you can't barrel through that. And you're like, but I'm Melissa. Like, I think I'm superwoman or something. And it was very humbling when he said that and he it didn't is. mean it in a bad way, but he's no, just like, yeah. you are the only person you like so headstrong. And I think that strong yeah. women have that personality yes. trait of just I'm going to pick up my big girl panties and I'm going to move on. You know, we don't sit and cry and wallow. But then when things come that you just are insurmountable, 
you don't have a choice. Yeah. I mean, and to give you an example, I totally relate to that because when I went to grad school, so I had been like a year out of the university of Notre Dame, I went to grad school. It's a four-year program. It was new in Chicago. I found out in my first semester that I had mono. Um, I had left my full-time job and started working for the director of integrative medicine at Evanston hospital. I was working 36 hours a week, taking like 20 some credits, which is insane. When you calculate the amount of study, they say it takes per credit uh, in grad school. And then I found out I had mono and I was sort of just like, "Uh," and like tossed the the test results aside. And I was like, oh, well, life is going to go on. And I kept like going out with friends and everyone was like, what are you doing? And I remember thinking, I didn't understand why they were asking me what I was doing. Cause I thought, well, this is what I always do. So what? this, this thing, is it going to stop me? I'm going to keep taking crazy amounts of classes. I'm going to work for this director because it's going to be important for my career. Um, and that's crazy. Like, (laughs) I know that's crazy, but at the time I literally didn't understand why people were telling me that's crazy. It's just what I had always done. Mm -hmm. And I think so many women will say that that's what they've done too, until they literally couldn't. Right. Well, and I think, Somebody said to me, that's kind of like you're, you like disassociate from yourself yeah. to, to get through certain things. And so you just kind of put yourself to the side and your needs to the side. And I think that's why a lot of women have such a problem with the self-care and the self-love because they're so used to putting themselves to the side for their children, for their spouse, for their job, for their, you know, their dreams or whatever. They feel like they can't have it, the whole package. You yes. think that's you I I do. I just think um, like our generation in particular, and I think it's changing when I look at my nieces and kind of, and they're all sort of high, well, they're all over the board. Like, um, and I think they're returning to some different values, but I think that's the way we were raised. It was like, you can do it all um, and you should do it all and you shouldn't complain about it. And, Mm -hmm. you know, go, go along, don't make waves. And that is like a big burden to carry that whole package. It's interesting that you say this because this was like my tag question for my season one, and it really was at the heart of Labor of Love, which that was the show that I did that aired in 2020. I was the lead. It was a female lead, and it was really following a woman in her early 40s that sort of, quote unquote, had it all, but didn't have her own family. So it was like, what will she do? Like, will she you know, it was a dating show. So Mm -hmm. for me, that was very real. And it was, it was going to be my line in the sand. If I met some, someone, you know, we would figure out if that made sense for us to have a baby together. Otherwise that was my line to say, that's not working. I'm going to pursue motherhood on my own. Um, and now I just like totally lost my train of thought, Melissa, where I was going. (laughs) Oh, okay. So I wanted to give you guys that backstory because my whole season one was really about single mothers by choice. And that was my tag because it was the theme of the show. And it was really like, can, can we have it all? That was sort of like the social experiment. Like we are, they already knew the women they were looking at to be leads in the show would be these sort of career focused women that had done interesting things, but they didn't have this one thing, which is like love and a family. Um, and that became like, can she have that too? Like, do you have to sacrifice one for the other? So I asked all my guests that on my season one. And I think like our summary was, which I agree with is like, you can, but not at the same time. And I would add to that. I think you really, really need to take some time, especially for all of us, people pleaser, perfectionist women, which is probably everyone listening to us, Melissa, probably everyone that follows you and I would be nodding their head. You really need to understand what your having it all means. 
because yeah. I, I know I did this until my life crumbled and I'm not saying everything I did is not me. There's a lot of things that I did in my life that are me, but then there's things that aren't, or I was never really enjoying the process. I was just trying to achieve. And yes. in the last few years, I've really tried to define like, what does meaning it all have? What does having it all mean to me? Right. Um, and then adding to that understanding that like, it can't generally, I mean, depending on your circumstances, but it's going to be unlikely you're going to have it all to the degree you want at the same time. So what does that look like? And then this goes to what you and I were sort of leading with Melissa. It's like, can you ride that wave? Can you ride the up and down? Can you be open to things coming to you in different packages versus having the tunnel vision that I always had? And if it doesn't show up exactly like you think you're like, nope, and you miss it. Right. So I think you can have it all, but you have to know what that means to you. And you have to be flexible in how that actually starts to manifest in your life versus how you think about it in your head. Right. And I think that, you know, the riding of the wave and everything is like, for me, at least giving myself the grace to not have all of the answers all of the time. And, you know, and being okay with that, because for me, a lot of the time, if I didn't have the answer, I was very hard to deal with because I like my X plus Y equals Z (laughs) and it had to make sense to me. It had to make sense to me. And I don't know how to, to verbalize that other than when my marriage fell apart and it fell apart hard, um, I was a leader in the church and I had this job I'd had for eight years. Well, I lost everything. I lost my job. I lost my husband. I lost my house. I lost all of it. And I don't know if you saw that movie. It was called, um, shoot, it was a hilarious movie about this guy that was cheating on his wife and then on his, on his girlfriend at the same time. Anyway, it was, it was, um, hilarious movie with, uh, Cameron Diaz and, um, I can't think of the name, the other, the other woman that's what it's called. mm -hmm. And they go to this island somewhere and she's finally letting go of the dream that she had. And she takes her ring off. You know, she's finally accepted it because like throughout the whole movie, like she couldn't breathe and she couldn't, you know, and all this other stuff. So she takes her ring off and she throws it out into the ocean and you watch it, you watch it just wash away. Right. And it was at that point that she really started living because she finally gave up on what she thought she was supposed to, I didn't mean to yell, but like, for me, it's like, I have these ideas. I'm an overthinker. So you have these thoughts in your head and when they don't match your reality, you think you're a failure, but that's not necessarily true. Um, so that's just kind of how I process the, the changes in life and learning to kind of ebb and flow and not be so rigid. I so, 100% agree with you. And I think there is something like, this goes back to sort of what we were talking about, how our generation was was raised. I think we think we're supposed to know it all. And until recently, like with podcasts like yours and mine and some of our other network, uh, you know, there's more platforms now for people to talk about things. I think like our parents, for example, you know, I think kept all that stuff inside because they didn't think it was happening to anyone else because no one was talking about it. Um, And so I think we really grew up holding all of that like we should have it all figured out and if we don't then there's something wrong with us oh I better better not talk about that then because I don't want their I don't want people not to like me and and you know I, I want to say to that 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 isn't always as obvious as it sounds when you say it out loud because I would say I mean I, I shared some of the things I've done in my life and they were very unconventional at the time I was doing them so I'm not someone who ever felt like I had to follow the crowd 
that being said, that was still my internal tape. And I think that's something I want to point out too, because a lot of times we we hear that and we think, oh, that's not me. Is is it not though? Because right. I think it's actually more subtle when it's happening to, to you. It's It mm-hmm. sounds more like, well, if that was me, I would know. And I think a lot of us are on autopilot doing those things without even realizing that's what we're doing until like you and I are saying, you have some sort of wake up call where you realize something's got to change. Right. And you kind of, you can lose yourself. If you're the people pleaser in you can cause you to lose yourself because you're so desperate to get these certain aspects of your life, whether it be relationships or jobs or whatever, that you lose who you are because you, you it's, I think it's a gradual decline where like you accept this, you're like, well, maybe you said you always thought you were very authentic, you know, and you were always very real. And, and I see that, but sometimes you can be like, you allow things to slide and the, it, it starts out little and little and little. And then one day you turn around and you go, what in the world just happened? Where am I even, you know, I'm so far from like what I really want or what I really like. Um, and so it is important to have that internal, what do you do to help yourself? Do you, do you do vision boards? Do you do yoga? Do you do journal? What do you do? To I was like, yes, yes, yes. All of the above. <laughs> yes, I know. Right? I mean, I'm a thinker too. So I've always been introspective. I've always journaled. Um, I'm a big journaler. I've done vision boards. I recently, so our mutual friend, Aaron Ramsey, and I don't know if you all have talked about this, but on, I don't know if you were on that call, Melissa, where we did the, the video vision board. No. I okay. Wasn't. I got to give a shout out to Aaron on this. Yes. It's my new, new favorite thing. She learned it at a conference, but you can create a folder on your iPhone and put pictures. It can be pictures from your actual life or same thing. Like you screenshot pictures of things you'd want to manifest and you can actually set it to a slideshow with music as you choose a song that really evokes emotion in you. And I'm telling you, it's a super powerful thing to do. And then it's so easy to play that and watch it. And you really get engrossed in it. Like it's your, your life. And mm-hmm. I've been doing that like for the last month since <laughs> I learned about it in the morning or at night, or anytime I feel like I just need to get re-inspired about my day. And I find it to be really powerful. So I feel like it's like a modern vision board. Um, mm-hmm. And I personally am trying to get better at visioning um, and manifesting because I'm not great at that. I'll be honest. I'm the plan it out, work it out. Mm-hmm. And it's, I have to make it happen. And I, I don't think you can, I mean, well, some people will say you could just put it on a vision board and yeah. poof, it's going to happen. Maybe. I mean, I think vision board journaling, whatever you're doing um, is helping you understand what it is you really want. And then you're able to start focusing your life in that way and taking steps to make those things happen. And then I do think there is that element of you have to let go and trust that things will come to you in the right time. And I also think that's where the visioning we're talking about comes in and manifestation. If anyone does that work, I do think that's hugely powerful. It's something that I'm currently focused on because I historically haven't been doing that piece of it. And I know is what I need to be doing right now to really bring my next set of big dreams to fruition. And for anyone that doesn't know what that is, I mean, it, it really is like what it sounds. It's, it's, picturing yourself living the life you want, but like down to the details or like a good example is when you think about, you know, cutting a lemon in half and tasting it, your mouth will start to water. This is the idea with the vision that you're, you're kind of running through your head and your heart. You want to actually feel that viscerally in your body, because that is energy that will then manifest those things in your life. So that sounds like very airy fairy, but there's actually like a lot of science behind it and how that works. 
either way is going to put you in a much better state of mind to live your day that way. And a big thing that I've been embracing this last year is I truly believe that your life becomes the way you live every day. And it's not to say you shouldn't have big plans and goals. You should, but I spent a lot of my life only living for the big achievements. And I can tell you, I wasn't happy. Um, and I did some pretty cool things, but it didn't, didn't do anything for me, you know, since I've made a shift in a time of my life that's actually been quite difficult, but made a shift to really living my life every day the way I want it to be, you know, making choices. Do I want to go to yoga or do I want to watch another episode on Netflix? Well, I know I want to be the person that goes to yoga and I'm a big yoga person anyway, but it's just an example. Um, I know that I'm going to feel better about my day if that's included. And so I've been more focused on that. And I would encourage people to think about that because those are small changes that you can do. Um, and after a week, after a month, after a year, I think you'll find that you feel so much better about your life because most of our life really is the everyday. And then guess what? You're also elevating your energy, your vibration, and you know, you're manifesting even unintentionally. So I can't emphasize enough doing visualization work and focusing on living your life how you want. Right. Every day, obviously we all have bad days, right? And sometimes you just can't do that. But in general, I think you can control how you're living your day, reacting to your day. And the more that you can do that, I think at the end of your life, the more you'll be able to look back and say, I had a good life, you know, versus how many big achievements you checked off your list. Right. And it's like, um, you get, you lose the value of every day. If all you're doing is looking so far ahead, you know, if you've got this huge goal in mind, and that's the difference. My my friend also said the difference between a vision and a goal is a vision is something that you can't attain. Like you you can't work out the plan for it because it's it's just too big. And a goal you can actually work out. You know, you can say I'm gonna lose 50 pounds and I'm gonna go to the gym and this is how I'm gonna do it. But like when you say, Oh, I'm going to create this reality show for people that's gonna affect lives, you can't control that. I mean, there's things that you can do daily that can get you closer, but inevitably like the universe and everything has to come to you for it to, to mm -hmm. become fruition. Right. That's and true. I have learned so much, like in the past couple of years, just to be present, just present, you know, and absorb everything that is, and you're more grateful. You are more peaceful. Um, <laughs> you know, you're not on autopilot. And I think yeah. that we get on autopilot so easily in today. So I totally love I love that you shared that. Yeah. So. And you, you said something too, I want to point out that's so important because I have to remind my, like, I literally have to like write this in my journal every time. It's sort of, I think for those of us that are planners, and I think we're all saying, yes, that's all of us, right? And perfectionists, you'll have these big ideas and you'll say, well, oh, but how could I ever do that? And what Melissa, what you just said, I think is so important. And that's again, what I'm writing to remind myself in my journal is I don't have to know how, I just have to know that I want it. And that's what all of yeah. this is about. And that's the work that I've been doing in the last year and that I'm really digging into now and moving forward. But when you say like, oh, I don't know how you've just like squashed that, like, but you need to understand, like, I think that's such a great way you explain a goal versus like a, a vision, did you say, or a, yeah, like yeah, a vision deal. and a goal. Vi yeah. Yes. It's so good because the vision, you just have to have it and feel it and think about it. And, you know, you don't have to understand how it's going to happen to you. You just have to like live your life and, and be open to that coming. doesn't mean you shouldn't have the goals, but I think we right. all get kind of 
beaten down in life because we forget to keep the vision and trust that it's there for us because we we think right. we don't know how to do it and then we sort of dismiss it and I think that really exactly. it really like deadens people's spirits over time and I think that's why you have this stereotypical um and I think the age of that is shifting a bit but like the whole midlife crisis right um yes. people and they don't think there's a way out and then they sort of just numb out for the rest of their life now I think things are changing and there's so many of us now in the second half of our life going and it's not just I, I want to be really clear I don't want people feeling like you're dismissing your life up to this point no and I always describe this as I think you've just been handed a golden ticket don't think of it like, oh, shoot, now I'm back at the bottom of the mountain and I have this whole thing to climb. No, 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 because you have all this life experience. You have all this knowledge. You have so much because you've lived your life this much so far that you're like at the top of the mountain, just getting ready to fly. So yeah. this letting go and everything we're talking about, it doesn't mean you're starting over. It's like you're releasing a lot of burdens and you're getting ready to fly. And I think we need to yeah. shift our mindset into thinking that versus, oh, I failed. Um, because believe me, I get stuck in that train of thought more than I'd like to admit, but it's like, no, you didn't fail. You've lived life. And now you get to choose how you want to take off and fly. And I think that's right. really empowering and it's really true. And it's a completely different perspective. And, and it's like, yeah. yeah, failure. I used to see failure as, you know, like if I made a mistake, that was failure, but it's really just a lesson. And it's to teach you how to um, handle things differently or, you know, to grow in a certain way. And it's perspective. Life is all about perspective. You know, mm -hmm. you can look at your life. Um, I look at things I did back when I was 17. I didn't think about how that was such a great big deal. And now when I tell these stories about it, people are like, you did what? You anchored next to the Statue of Liberty? And I'm like, yeah, you know, and you don't appreciate. That's why I said the present, just being in the present and knowing that you get the gift of life every single day, I think. And I, my goal is to just embrace that, you know, mm -hmm. and not be so rigid and say, well, I haven't done this and I haven't done that. It doesn't matter because there's so much that I have done that I never even thought I would do or that other people have never gotten to do. It's so true. So. It really comes down to mindset. And I think um, the simplest, best lesson I've learned in life so far is that life is what you make it. I mm -hmm. can tell you since I was very young, I'd be like, well, what's the purpose of my life? What am I meant to do? I wanted there to be this like calling that this is what Christie's meant to do. <laughs> right. And, you know, that's really disempowering actually, when you think, think about it. So I think the sooner we can embrace that, like, I mean, we all hear this only you have your answers. Oh, there it's inside. And we all know that, but I think it feels intangible. And what I've really come to realize is like, that's just it. It's, it's truly life is what you make it. So what you want it to be. And then go about setting the goals, having the visions and living your life that way, because we're all different. I mean, we have commonalities from being human, but I think the quicker we can realize that we are the ones that give our life meaning, we are the mm -hmm. ones that determine what the purpose of our lives are, the quicker we can get on living that way, right? If we keep right. waiting for something to drop out of the sky and say, hey, Christy, over here, like, okay, um, we might right. miss the boat, right? <laughs> right. And then you're never questioning really, like if you're living the life you're supposed to be living because you, you just are, it's like, it becomes a, like a non-issue, if you will, because you know that you get up every day with the intention of, I'm going to live my best life today. And I'm going to, you know, be me un unapologetically and authentically. And I don't think there's any, anything more successful. You know, people always say, how do you define success? And it's different for everybody, but I think really, truly 
success and you feel success in your soul and your whole being when you know that you are living authentically for yourself. I just Mm -hmm. not selfishly, but just being authentically who you are and not being ashamed of it. Or, you know, you talk about not sharing, you know, like our parents' generation Mm -hmm. didn't share things. And I totally love that you say that because like even Erin said, her mom was like, are you sure you want to do that? You know, and when I say (laughs) things, I have some of my friends' parents like, why did you feel the need to share that? And I'm like, (laughs) well, why not? I mean, yeah it's a little intimidating sometimes to open up and be vulnerable and let people know what's really going on. But I think it's also very freeing because you don't, you're not living in darkness, you know? And I feel like when you're hiding things about yourself because of fear and shame, you're, that's what causes depression. And that's what causes all those things that women struggle with because mm-hmm. of fear and shame. And so, um, Yeah. I think it also, and I have learned this the hard way, but it puts walls up in your relationships. I know for the longest time, I mean, probably well into my like thirties, I really only wanted to be around people when I felt like my best self. And I'm someone who struggled a lot with health issues. I've struggled with depression so there were, and I'm inherently an introvert. So there were just a lot of times where I needed to be alone, but I didn't think anyone would like me if they saw that part of myself. Like I felt like I had to be that perfectionist we talked about. So I spent a lot of time putting walls up with people. Now I'm not that way anymore. And of course the truth is when you show your vulnerabilities, when you show your realness, you have better relationships with people. You know, no one wants to be friends with someone who they think is perfect or never has problems. It's like, that's not a likable person, but we all somehow try to be that, you know, it's so ironic. And so I agree with you. Like the more that we could just be authentically ourselves, um, the better connections you'll have with people because you're going to attract the right people that are right for you. Uh, the less uh-huh. stress, I mean, gosh, how stressful is it trying to live up to these perceived expectations that we can never live up to? It's, it's just like a lot and you're missing out on your life. And this is the stuff that I'm really living in now. Um, and I know it's true. And I'm so glad that more people are talking about it now because I'd love nothing more than our younger generations, especially our girls, to not grow up with this people-pleasing perfectionist. I have to be X, Y, and Z. I'd really love them to grow up figuring out who they are and putting that foot forward. I I, I do just feel like girls are more subject to this type of socialization than boys. And I'm not saying that boys don't have the things that they're subjected to, but for girls, it does seem like they're groomed very early to be a certain way to be considered Mm -hmm. enough. And it's just become so normalized because it seems so universal. And I, I really love to change that and let our girls determine for themselves who they want to be in the world before they're 40. Right. So I wrote a book and my son is going to be the illustrator for it because it's a children's book. And it's called, What If I Told You? And I really agree with you 100% that girls are taught that they have to be like the whole package in order to be loved. Like the whole package. Like, you know, you have to be beautiful and thin and, you know, smart. And, you know, there's a joke out. And I don't know if you've ever heard it, but you can't be smart and pretty. Have right. you ever heard that joke? Yes. And, you know, I really feel, you know, it's supposed to be funny, but I really feel like there's a lot of truth in that because people either see you as a really smart person and then, you know, that's kind of unattractive and you're too assertive and you're too aggressive and you're, you know, they can call you very ugly names, you know, like Mm -hmm. dykish and things like that. You know, I'm not trying to offend anybody, but that's what they'll refer to somebody that has a strong 
smart personality. And then you've got the girls that are beautiful over here. And, you know, you know, oh yeah, they're the ones that all the guys want, but then they're the ones that get used and they're the ones that get treated like they're dumb and they don't have a brain. And it's like, so I wrote this book because I wanted to kind of hit both boys and girls at a younger age. So I was like, what if I told you, like, that's the title of the book, because I want them to be like, everything that you need to hear when you're growing up. You know, what if I told you that everybody has fear? What if I told you everyone has doubts? What, you know, and, and taking away the stigmatism of having to have everything figured out, because none of us have everything figured out. And we all feel guilty because we don't. Don't you think that that is true today? Yes. Yes. And I mean, those are the messages. I mean, that's just like, it's so crazy to me where those kind of messages are not shared with our kids. They're not in books our kids are reading. They're certainly not in school curriculum. Uh, and I hope that starts to change, you know, even like teaching kids about relationships, not just like romantic relationships, but just relationships right. with people and how to resolve conflict. All this stuff that I feel like kids actually need is not what we're sharing with them. And like, we're learning this in adulthood and I, that's just so backwards. So I love that you're coming out with this book. I think it's amazing. And, and, you know, let's all take ourselves back to childhood. Like we're such sponges, right? It's like, we believe everything we're taught. It's just that we've often been told the wrong thing. So what if we can tell our kids the quote unquote, right things? It's just, it's such a natural assimilation process when you're a kid versus right. trying to learn that stuff as an adult. So much harder, <laughs> you know, and I don't know if you were taught this as a kid, but I definitely wasn't boundaries, um, you know, oh, yeah, and, no. and taught that, you know, as you get older, you feel like when people start setting boundaries with you, it's because they don't like you, but it's not, mm -hmm. it's because they actually want you in their life. And they're telling you, Hey, this is, this is what bothers me. And this is what I can handle. And this is what I can't, because I want you to be a part of it. Not because I don't want you to be a part of it. So it's just totally different thinking. Yes. Totally different. So, um, and you were talking about division boards and I have to share this because you're talking okay. about songs and stuff, you know, so I'm going to make one of those. Cause I did hear you girls talking about it, but I missed that. that oh, meeting. It's, it's like my new favorite thing. I want everyone to do this. <laughs> <laughs> so my song, that's really like my motto, my mantra right now is you won't break my soul. And mm. I just keep hearing, like, I wake up hearing that song. I don't know. Do you know which song I'm talking about? It's this real hip hoppy song. I don't, but now I, I want to. Beyonce pull it up on Spotify. Oh, it's Beyonce. Okay. It's Beyonce. Yeah. So it's, it's, you know, one of the, um, you can take it to the gym, <laughs> but like they've even started to have people doing reels with it, you know, with her singing in the background and they're, but she talks about, you know, like losing her job and she talks about all this stuff and then she comes back with, you won't break my soul. And I think mm -hmm. it's just so timely. And I, just, I love that song. So that's going to be my vision board. That's amazing. <laughs> that's so, I love that. That's so good. Yeah. You have to share it with me. Well, you don't have to, but you have to tell me when you do yeah, it absolutely. because I, <laughs> I just, I feel like this could be such a cool, like sort of chain reaction. And, and, and y'all, it sounds simple when I say, just trust me, do it, play it. You're going to be surprised at how much it impacts you. Aaron always says, don't be surprised if you cry. Aaron and I cry a lot. So, but it does really evoke the emotion in you. And that's like the whole point. Um, and then also remember that's, that's your life. Your life is beautiful. You're actually watching your own life. And how often do we do that? Right. We, we don't, right. We really don't. And I don't think we appreciate like the people in our life the way that we could mm -hmm. sometimes just because we're so mindful of the things that aren't instead of what mm -hmm. are, you know, it, it, sometimes it takes like a big life event or somebody gets really sick and all of a sudden you start to appreciate them and go, oh my gosh, 
you know, and it shouldn't be that way. Mm-mm. So, yeah. Yeah. I like the vision board thing. I like the power. And I do believe that there is something in that you draw what you think you really mm-hmm. do bring that to yourself, you know, because for the longest time I was drawing people to me that couldn't truly appreciate me for me because I didn't appreciate me for me. There were things that I was constantly cutting myself down about. And what do you know? Those are the kind of people that came into my life, the exact mm-hmm. same type. And I even had a friend at work one time say, I have never dated a guy that ever said anything about my weight, Melissa. She said, but every guy you date says something to you. She goes, why do you think that is? And I'm like, I don't know. Yeah, it's wild, so, but it's like, that's like a female thing, I think, too, yeah. is like, we tend to be our own worst critics. And then we validate that by attracting that to So rather than think this person has a problem, it just in our head reaffirms what we already believe. Yeah. Um, and that's a difficult cycle to break, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I have a lot of empathy for that. But I, I think a lot of women, unfortunately, find themselves in those cycles, we're just really hard on ourselves. And then a lot of women are hard on other women. I'm a, I'm a girl's girl. I'm a women supporting women. Yeah. I, you know, but there are people, not just women that have scarcity mentality. And it's, if you have it, I can't have it. Um, and that's unfortunate, you know, cause it just further exacerbates the problems. Yeah. I would agree with that. Totally. Um, I was going to, I was going to say something to to that I I lost it. So tell me what you are currently doing. What's your excitement right oh now? So this is can good because share, I, I yeah, anything? I could share. I could share. So it's funny. I always say never say never because like I said, I'm a really atypical reality person. You guys, I to life of me, I don't understand how I've been on two reality shows, let alone been the lead in a show because <laughs> I'm just like a no BS girl. I'm a very real, authentic, like don't try to manipulate me don't you know I don't know anyway so I sort of like shelved that after my last experience but the thing is is and like I said I have a podcast she's unscripted I haven't started my season three yet but I do love hosting I love connecting with people I love telling stories my background is in journalism I've always been a writer not just a journaler Uh, I love all that so anyway where I'm going with this Melissa is I've just decided that I'm going to change the face of reality tv you know small goals (laughs) <laughs> but you know, it sort of was staring me right in the face. And this goes to what you and I were saying, like having, having a vision versus a goal. If I just said like, I'm going to change the face of reality TV. It's like, well, who's Christy to do that? Like, that's really big, right? Especially the way TV is now. But when I just hold that out there, like as a vision, right. And I'm thinking, I'm, I'm, I don't even like saying thinking because it's more like feeling on it um, or putting down my vision board or, or whatever and allowing it to come to me like it has started to come to me. So I am working on a project right now that I'll be hosting. I'm also a producer on the show and I'm working on casting. And this is the beginning of bringing the real back to reality TV. Um, reality TV is such a popular genre, but it's mm-hmm. changed so much than from where it's where it started. Right. And I I truly believe that we can do good things with it. And for me, this speaks to my big, why my big picture, which is really in empowering women of a particular age demographic, because I feel like socially we're a bit shut out. Mm -hmm. Um, certainly not represented in the media in Hollywood, which is so pervasive in our society. And so at the end of the day, for me, if I can say I did something to change the way people think about women of a certain age, or I've done something to empower those women, and then guess what? 
change the future for our younger generations, I literally could ask for nothing more. So I'm taking like those curveball experiences that I had, like, again, why did I get picked for these shows? I'm like, not the typical person they'd pick. I feel like now I did that to prepare me for my life's work, which I'm just starting into now, which is creating these shows myself. Like, why am I buying into a system that is not aligned with who I am? And I believe there's so many more people like me that that want this. And because our society is so influenced by TV and Hollywood, I think uh-huh. doing something like this on this scale can really have a huge, huge shift. Yeah. And you can probably feel it, but I'm so lit up about this. And then yeah. I am, I have a longer term project. I'm working on creating my own show that I will also host. And I'm shopping nice. this around right now because it's going to be a big production. Um, and I believe in it so much. I think it's my life's work. I, I think this show is my life's work. And three months ago, I couldn't have told you that. So this is, I'm sharing that to let people know that so cool. don't know when it's going to strike. Right. 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 Um, so that's what I'm doing now. And then, you know, kind of behind the scenes, because this is project based, I'm actually in the process of, of relocating to Harbor country, Michigan. So I'm getting out of Chicago. I'm going to be close to Chicago still, but I'm getting my wine country and beach. And I'm super, super excited about that shift because I am that's very awesome. affected by energy. I love mm-hmm. Chicago dearly, but I, I need a shift. And I'm also reinstating my acupuncture license as we speak. So before I got into sales, um, I was an acupuncturist, so I'm very into holistic health. I want to get back to practicing on some level. So, so I'm doing that. And then I'm also doing my yoga certification, uh, for teacher training because I've been a yogi for a long time and I kind of have plans to hopefully open my own wellness clinic and do some things there, you know, virtually as well. So it's sort of twofold, I guess, but, um, they're all happening right now. (laughs) That's so cool. So yeah. That's very awesome. Yes. Thanks. And you're just being you. And that's, what's so cool about it. Cause you're literally, you're just being you, you're just doing what ignites you and gives you passion. So it it is, but I, and I keep, I know I'm a broken record saying this, but I just don't want people because I think where I got stuck a lot of times is because I didn't feel struck by lightning um, that I felt like I had to keep trying something new. And so this might all be coming together for me now, but I've been pretty constant on a quest of figuring things out and trying different things. And, you know, lo and behold, I'm sort of taking all those things and putting them together now, but it wasn't as planned out as it sounds. It sort of just came together. And then this opportunity came for the show, which sort of triggered me actually putting my own show together and shopping it. And then, you know, realizing going back to something that I trained in 20 years ago is actually really me. I just wasn't in the place in my life where I could embrace it that way, you know, at at the time. Um, And so this goes to what I was saying about realizing oftentimes at this point, we're not starting over. We're actually just standing on top of the mountain, waiting for like the right wind to fly. Right. So it's like, I am bringing some new stuff in, but this is also a culmination of things I've done. Um, right. and it, it simultaneously requires a letting go of things I no longer wanted corporate life, high mm-hmm. pressure sales, those things that came with a good income, but were crushing my soul. But I kept going back to, because I didn't know what else to do. And I didn't know what else to do because I didn't believe that I could make a living and be okay doing something that was fun to me that, that I wanted to. 
But Mm -hmm. now I believe, and I'm in the process of allowing that all to come together. And it's not easy. It's not easy to chase away those like shoulds and fear. We all have the fear of survival and, you know, making enough money and all those things. And is this realistic? But everyone I've talked to who's doing something that I think is truly incredible was able to over, you know, squash down and overcome those fears and continue to focus and believe in their dream and right. they're living it now. I think that's, that's the difference. It's right. not that like you're, this person's smarter than me or this more than me. It's that that person believed in their vision enough to keep going until it happened and find, right. finding ways to make it happen versus one setback. And then, which I'm so guilty of, and then saying, oh, see, it didn't work. Like right. we're so quick to let go of our dream when there's, and there's going to be setbacks. There's going to be many uh, because we take that as some sort of validation that we should, we shouldn't have believed that was possible. Right. Um, and I no longer have that mentality and really sooner than rather than later, I've started to see those opportunities come to me, but I had to get to the point where I could let go of certain ways of thinking and beliefs about myself to receive them. And so there is this sort of cleansing and letting go, I think that has to happen before you can actually bring in and call in the things that you want in your life. You have to make room. And a lot of us, we have a lot of clutter. A lot of it is negative self-talk and beliefs about ourself or outdated relationships or jobs or whatever it is. And you have to be willing to let go of those things to actually make space for the new you and your dreams. Right. I'm going to leave it at that. (laughs) <laughs> well, I want to, I want to touch on what you said, because like you were talking about like the different parts of you that are now coming together. So like, I kind of look at it like a puzzle, like you get this big 2000 piece puzzle, right? Yeah. You open the box and it goes all over the table and you take out all the edge pieces, at least I do. And I put those oh, yeah. to the side because I'm going to start with those, you know, and, and then you work on like, say the mountain scene, right? So you get the mountain put together and it's over there, but you don't know where it's going to fit in the middle. I mean, you kind of do, but you don't know how you're going to get there. So you need that piece, but you don't work on it forever. You leave, you get it done and then you go over here and then it's, it's, it's just kind of letting your life be like a puzzle and that pieces are over here, pieces are over here. It's all a process and it's not like, it's not instant. And it's not like for me, I started writing because I wanted women to be able to feel free to, t- to tell their story. Mm-hmm. Right. And then I decided, oh, I'm going to do this podcast because everybody kept saying, well, I could tell a story too. I could write a book. Well, absolutely. Everybody could write a book. I truly believe everyone has a story that they could tell. And so I'm like, oh, let's do a podcast so that women can share their stories. And so it's just kind of evolving into this big thing. And that's my passion is you said you like talking and women and not just women. I'm sure you like men too. I know you do, but um, (laughs) Depends on the day. Yeah, right. Well, yeah. Um, So I just kind of, uh, I think that our biggest successes are the ones that just, they just kind of happen. It's like the little dominoes. It's like one thing hits and then another thing hits. And then it is so true, but we have so much resistance to allowing things to happen because again, the women, women especially take on that bird of proof that we have to make it happen. (laughs) So we're like, Mm -hmm. it's like someone's over there waving their arms and we're like, no, 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 I'm making it happen over here. (laughs) You know? And I think something else I pointed, I love what you said. I agree with you totally. It's something else I know, like for, for me, and I think it sounds like maybe for you too, but I think I spent so much of my life feeling like I had to be one thing. Um, Mm -hmm. I wanted to be this one thing because it would define me. And then I could feel like safe that this is what I, what I was. And what I realized about myself is I'm never going to be one thing. And that was a, that was a difficult pill for me to swallow. And 
now I realize I can be many, I'm many things and that's a good thing. And so I'm allowing myself to be the producer and host. I'm allowing myself to practice holistic health and help other people heal because I've dealt with health problems my whole life. And I understand how difficult that is. And I think we're living in a world where there's only going to be more of that. Um, And so that works for me and my personality and my body composition to have different things going on that I can bounce around to. Otherwise my energy gets drained really fast, but oh boy, did that take me until like very, very recent history to embrace that I didn't have to pick one thing. And maybe this goes back to our umbrella theme of, can you have it all? And it Mm -hmm. took me a while to realize like, yes, but I better realize, I better really understand what that means for me and understand that like, it can't all happen at, at once. So, you know, this kind of way of thinking and living is really vibing with me, but it's taken quite a journey to get there. Sure. I love talking to you. This is awesome. To you. (laughs) (laughs) Is there anything else you want to share before we before we close? I mean, I mean, I said a lot. I'm sure your audience is tired of listening to me. (laughs) No, I think it's fascinating, and um, people can follow you on Instagram. Yep. You can follow me on Instagram at Christy Katzman. Uh, my link to my website is there. That's pretty much my central hub for everything that I'm doing. My podcast is linked on there. So if, or if you want to follow my shows or apply for my shows, because I'll be casting women, female leads, multiple, and then of course, men in my own show. So, Hey, if any of this interests you, give me a follow at Christy Katzman, Instagram. Awesome. Thanks for coming on. That was Thanks, fun. Melissa.